Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and neighbors, welcome once again to 31 Days of Horror. On Monster Movie Funtime Go, this is day number four. My regular guest, my regular, not not guest host, my regular host, co-host, Honeybee is with me today. Hey, What's up, motherfuckers? We are continuing our marathon within a marathon of Resident Evil movies with 2007's Resident Evil Extinction, this time directed by Russell Mulcahy, but still written by w, Paul W.S. Anderson. He and Mila are dating at this point or and are engaged or not engaged. Apparently their engagement was on and off for a while before they finally got re-engaged and then married in 2009. But it's only 2007. Oh. The movie was $45 million to make and made $147.7 million. So still Ow. doing well. Ow. Doing very well. This is the third movie in the series, loosely based on the Capcom survival horror video game series of the same name. Yeah. And here's a summary from... Oh, wait. We've got Mila Jovovich, of course, as Alice and her clones. Ali Larder as Claire Redfield. Okay. Uh, Ali Larder as Claire Redfield, who is a video game character... That is in Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil Code Veronica, and Resident Evil The Dark Side Chronicles. But she's not doing any of the stuff she does in the video game in this movie. <laughs> Oded Fair is back as Carlos Oliveira. Ian Glenn Yay. as Dr. Uh, Lee, is it Ian or Leon? Ian, I guess it's an I. Ian... Glenn as Dr. Alexander Isaacs, the head asshole from the previous movie. Ashante <laughs> as Nurse Betty. Mike Epps is back as Lloyd Jefferson L.J. Wade. Spencer Locke as Kmart. Jason O'Mara as Albert Wesker. He is terrible. I don't care for his performance at all. Oops. Wesker. The head dude at Umbrella with the, or mostly head dude oh, with the sunglasses. Okay. He's very, Why? I mean, he's trying to do a thing. I, I just, I don't know if he's trying to emulate the video game performance, but he's just very stiff and artificial and I don't buy him at all. There is current, there's a current or recent Resident Evil TV series on Netflix and Albert Wesker's a character in that, and they go in a completely different direction. Huh. But one that I enjoyed more. This one might be more accurate to the video game, but I, I don't enjoy it. Christopher Egan as Mikey. Uh, Madeline Carroll as the White Queen, the sister computer of the original Red Queen. 
Matthew Marsden as Alex Slater, Westker's second in command, uh, after Dr. Isaacs. Lyndon Ashby as Chase, that's the cowboy ex-cop sniper dude. And Joe Hursley as Otto, that's the, <laughs> he's the school bus driver. Isn't Otto the school bus driver on The Simpsons? Oh, no. Yeah, I believe he's named after the Simpsons character. That's funny. So, uh, in the beginning here, we get sort of a replay of the first movie. Yeah, we wake up in the first movie. <laughs> Alice Alice wakes up on the floor of the shower in the mansion, puts on the same outfit, wanders through the halls, and then, if you don't think this red dress is perfect and totally acceptable, you can fight me in the street. <laughs> certainly unique. Uh, and then she goes through some like traps and shit that are similar but not exactly identical to stuff in the first film. There's the laser beam hallway thing, but she jumps up through a vent in the ceiling to escape the inescapable grid pattern laser. And during the escape, she makes use of her new telekinetic powers, killing a security guard. I'm looking at the Wikipedia summary, by the way. Thank you, Wikipedia. However, she is eventually killed by a bounding mine hidden in the floor. There's a little pop-up mine that comes up out of the floor and shoots her. Her body is dumped into a pit filled with dozens of other Alice clones, all wearing the same red dress and black booty shorts. Representing the failed results of the Umbrella Corporation's ongoing Project Alice. As much as we love and admire this dress, is it really necessary to put each of the clones in it before they run this gauntlet? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Following Umbrella's attempts to cover up the contamination of Raccoon City, the T-Virus spreads around the world. I believe Alice tells us this information in another narrative voiceover thing yeah yep but this one she's just narrating yeah she oh yeah we forgot to mention that well never mind that was the previous movie (laughs) uh at the end of the last movie she recorded some stuff that turned out to be the opening narration but that's not what's happening here she's just straight up narrating anyway it devastates not only the human population but the entire global environment in the next five years so it kind of causes a global drought and they're showing us a picture from outer space of just every the whole globe looking dried out like a the desert. Sand. The real Alice wanders the wasteland that was once the southern U.S. And after fighting off a family of marauders, ugh, these assholes. Well, first I want to say, you know it's the post-apocalypse because it's a desert. There's never a jungle or swamp post-apocalyptic landscape. It always seems to be... <laughs> <laughs> dried out sandy desert she's here's she's on a motorcycle and she's got a little radio thing and she hears a distress call so she goes to answer it and she gets ambushed by a bunch of fucking hillbillies yeah the old my baby trick yeah she gets ambushed yeah. by the fucking keep <laughs> the bad guys from the goonies <laughs> yeah woman with a fake baby is like oh help me help me and then pulls a gun on her and they and try to rob her and drop the dogs back which i forgot to say in the last yep. freaking film too about the the dogs in the school the canine they've had dogs in oh, yeah. every movie baby zombie dogs 
Well, these movies are not always that accurate to the video games, but those zombie dogs are right out of the video games. And yeah. zombie birds, zombie birds that we're going to see in this movie. Fuck yeah. So yeah, they try and tor- they they tie her up and they abuse her and they uh, act like they're going to feed her to some dogs. Uh, but of course she turns the tables on them and they all get eaten by the dogs. Well, this guy is literally about to pull his tiny wiener out and she kills him. Yes, it does seem like they're going to abuse her in more than one way, but she cuts that off. And after dealing with those assholes, then she discovers some information in, like, in a gas station, or maybe that same gas station. She finds a notebook referring to an uninfected area in Alaska. Alice realizes that she, like her clones, has developed telekinesis. She realizes this because she starts... She's camping out and dreaming, and I don't remember what she's dreaming of exactly, but she starts doing a Skywalker and just lifting all the stuff around her while she's sleeping, the rocks and her motorcycle. And then when she wakes up, she drops the motorcycle and completely wrecks it. So then she's got a hot-footed across the desert. Simultaneously, a convoy of survivors led by Claire Redfield and Raccoon City survivors Carlos Oliveira and L.J. Wade... Shout out. Travel across the country. So LJ, I really enjoyed him and his development. Uh, I don't enjoy how things turn out for him. But, you know, he's a guy guy who's been arrested and he's obviously some kind of criminal in the first movie. And now he's a survivor and he's part of this effort to, you know, maintain the human race and is being as close to a productive member of society as still exists in this post-apocalyptic <laughs> landscape. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah, totally. So they're, in, they're traveling around in search of supplies and safe harbor. While searching a motel, LJ is bitten by a zombie. Damn it, Fearing LJ. the harsh fate oh, that LJ awaits him. fallen in love in this movie. Yes. It looks like he is uh, taking up with or attempting to take up with the nurse of the group. Uh, Nurse Betty, as we mentioned, played by Ashante. Yeah. But he does not, he chooses not to say anything about it. I'm wondering if there's something, I mean, it might just be that people are assholes. People are selfish, short-sighted assholes. But it could also be that there is something about the virus that tries to keep you from telling people. Maybe it affects your brain. (laughs) No, you're not, you're not buying that excuse? No. Okay. I mean, well, not every that's true. Uh, not everybody who's bitten tries to hide it, so it takes yeah, a while I though think, to turn him. Yeah, it does. It takes a while, but I don't literally remember in the last film he was like, You've been, I've been hanging mm. out with you. You should have told me you got bitten. And then he just like, I'm like, What an asshole. Why isn't he telling people, like, what is he gonna like? They've been yep. he survived this long, they're in this caravan, all this shit. He survived this long. Literally, his girlfriend, I mean, spoiler, like, sacrifices herself. Like, she's obviously, like, you know, a better person. But he, j- I'm just mm-hmm. like, what are you doing, dude? Why Why would you fuck over these people that you've obviously been with for a while now? You know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, really it's just... Okay. It's just fear. He's It's fear and denial. Yeah. I think maybe he's like, oh, it's, maybe it's not that bad. And then he looks at it and like, oh, that's bad. But I don't know. Maybe just some part of him thinks... It'll be okay. Because, hey, I haven't turned yet. Uh, uh, the, the next morning, 
the convoy is attacked by a murderous flock of infected crows. With the team nearly overwhelmed, Alice appears and defeats the remaining crows with her newfound telekinesis. She sets them all on fire. Fire! And then passes out. Awaking shortly thereafter, Alice is introduced to Claire and tells her about the notebook convincing her to take the convoy to Alaska. Well, Claire puts it up for a vote. Because they're like, we're not going to make it. What else has Claire That's Al- Why do I know her? Allie Larder, she first, I think her first or one of her first acting gigs was Heroes. I never saw that. You never saw Heroes? Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see what else she has been in. I mean, she was a model and then she became an actress. Oh, you know what? It, was it Final Destination? I uh, don't think so. Yes. Oh. Yeah. No, you're right. She's in Final Destination 2. <laughs> She's in Legally Blonde. She's in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. House on Haunted yeah. Hill, Varsity Blues. Okay, cool. I know I, I knew I recognized her, but... Crazy, Obsessed, Lovesick, You're Not You, The Diabolical, Final, Resident Evil Final Chapter, Resident Evil Extinction, Afterlife. Uh, most recent thing is something called The Hater from this year. A comedy. Nice. Political satire. And she's got various uh, movie credits. But she was in Heroes in 2006, so just before this. From 2006 to 2010. So this was right in the middle of her. Somebody was like, get me that girl from Heroes. So anyway, Um, she puts it up to a vote and they all decide, yeah, let's go to Alaska. Yeah. Isaacs attempts to domesticate the infected. Oh, I'm sorry. Isaacs attempts to domesticate the infected lead to the creation of a new zombie breed. Wesker's security officer, Captain Alexander Slater, reports on Isaacs' disregard for umbrella regulations. Wesker tasks Slater with watching Isaacs, telling him to kill the scientist if he disobeys orders again. He's trying to sort of not exactly cure them, but mitigate their murderous tendencies with the version of the serum he's working on. And he's got a zombie and has one of those baby shape cubes. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, the you, like, cube with different shape, shaped holes like- in it. Yeah, yeah like you got to match the shapes the heart, to the holes. The heart and the heart, yeah. Yeah, and then the zombie gets one of them right, and they're all like, oh my god, and then he can't get the <laughs> second one right. And just like, get then gets off. frustrated, flips out, and then Isaacs is just like, oh, <laughs> steps out the door and closes it behind him, letting the zombie kill two <laughs> of the other scientists. He could have saved one of those guys. Not both of them, but he could have saved one of them and didn't. He just shut the door in his face. Because that's the kind of asshole he is. Tracing an energy pattern sent out by Alice's telekinesis, Umbrella triangulates her location. She's been off the grid, and once she has her little burst of telekinesis, they uh, are able to find her. And I think they reuse a satellite shot from the previous movie. It zooms out on the Earth and then past the satellite, and we see the satellite sort of adjust its position. I think that's the uh-huh. same shot, and they just recolored oh, the Earth. I didn't know to make it look brown, and I think they use it again, either in this movie or in another one. So they they triangulate her position, desperate to reclaim Alice for the sake of achieving his goals. Doctor Isaac sends his new zombies to ambush the convoy against Wesker's specific orders. Uh, well, it's not exactly. He, he they just, this is like, weird. He, like, he, he like, he says like, shut her down. Like as if they could mm-hmm. just like turn her off. Yeah. Like, during the, the big fight. But they, they, they sort of ambush. Well, what they do, the, 
convoy decides, well, we've used, we've scavenged all we can here. We got to go to Vegas. And they go to Vegas and are surprised that there doesn't seem to be any zombies there or anything. It, the desert has almost completely reclaimed the city. So there's this weird yeah. apocalyptic thing where, because there's replicas of the Statue of Liberty <laughs> and the Eiffel Tower in Vegas, yeah. we see these half sand covered replicas of them. Which sort really of representing cool. the entire country, the entire yeah, world. Exactly. exactly. That's why it was really cool. It's cool how yeah. they did that. But they find uh, like a cargo container just sort of sitting there oh. and decide to open it like a bunch of dumbasses. And in the same uniform. it's full of zombies. <laughs> well, I think they, it starts some, they start thumping inside of it before they open it. Cause she's like, get back. But yes, yeah, so they just assumed that they were going to go through Vegas and in all of Vegas put this container, unless maybe they put several throughout the city <laughs> and they stumbled on one of them. Or they put one and they just happened to stumble on it. So a big-ass fight breaks out. A bunch of people get killed. They I shut mean, down Alice cool. remotely, as as you said. They just sort of, She just sort of freezes in place. After killing a bunch of zombies, she kind of freezes in place. And but manages to break out of it. She just mentally overpowers the conditioning. She's fighting the condition. And she finds. And is this when uh, L.J.? This is when Nurse Betty, or no, she dies. Nurse Betty a dies little bit earlier during the crow attack. Yeah, yeah the yeah. crows get her in the school bus. Okay. This is where L.J. Yeah, L.J. turns on a zombie. Turns into a zombie, or is it right after this? Anyway, at some point, LJ turns on the sniper cowboy guy, I think. Mm. Uh, she finds Isaac at the scene, Isaac's at the scene, and he is bitten as he flees via helicopter. Alice and Kmart, oh, we got to mention Kmart. There's a young, young teenage girl who goes by the name K Kmart because that's where they found her. And yeah. she either doesn't remember or just doesn't care about her previous name. It doesn't have any meaning anymore, I think, she says. Yeah, she she says that it's because she, when they found her, everyone, her whole life, everyone she knew was dead. So why, she like yeah. just left it behind with her whole life. She right. Needed. Kmart kind of reminds me of my very first girlfriend. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they look very similar. Like they have similar, like I was a teenager, obviously. And mm -hmm. yeah, she just reminded me of her. I was like, oh my gosh, shout out Beth if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also wanted to remember that, uh, I not remember, I also wanted to note that uh, Angela Ashford from the previous movie is gone. LJ and Olivera have made it to this movie, but Angela has not. And they don't mention anything about what happened to her. So... I mean, probably a zombie got her, and maybe yep. uh, in this situation, you you don't you just don't talk about the people who aren't there anymore. We're not going to go through the whole list. Yeah. If you don't see them standing here, just assume that the zombies got them. Yep. I just thought I it was. It, I was. A, I found it a little frustrating that they went through all that effort, and then you know the whole movie was, or most of the movie was about trying to rescue her, and then it's gone. I mean, some people feel that way about Aliens Three. I don't. And it doesn't ruin the movie for me or anything. I was just like, why not? <laughs> why not? I've yeah. never seen any explanation of why why she doesn't carry over. Because it seems like Kmart's sort of a replacement for her. 
Anyway, Alice and Kmart use Isaac's computer to track the helicopter flight path, leading them to Umbrella's underground facility. Approaching the scene, Alice meets a holograph of the Red Queen's sister AI, the White Queen, and the White Queen's holographic projector is much better than the Red Queen's. Much, much, much better. Because uh, the Red Queen was very, well, they they did an effect to make the Red Queen obviously a computer projection. She's like mm-hmm. all red and sort of there's a little fuzziness going on with her. The White Queen just looks like a little girl just straight up standing there. And yeah. I don't know if they were trying to tell us that the computer got better or they just found that effect annoying or they thought it just wouldn't work with white like it would with red. But for whatever like reason, she's better. just <laughs> a much a much more uh, um, realistic looking holographic protection, projection. Well, at the same time, being less realistic because actual holographic projections just don't look that good. You can tell. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she informs Alice that her blood, Alice's blood, can cure the T-virus. Defends the Red Queen's prior actions, as we did, the Red Queen was right, and reveals what happened to Dr. Isaacs. On her way to the lab's lower levels, Alice encounters one of... Her clones? What did happen to Isaacs? Did we just say? Uh, No, we didn't say. They shoot him? No, no, no. A zombie gets him. A zombie gets him. Because I think that one guy comes in to chew him out at one point, and he certainly acts like he's going to shoot him. Yeah, Yeah, he's... Oh, no, I know. He's been been injecting himself with the antivirus because he got bit, and he gets back and is injecting himself with the antivirus, but he's just burning through all their supplies. And the other guy does shoot him, but he doesn't die. So I can't remember if he keeps keeps shooting him. I think he ends up killing that other guy. Uh, I just watched this the other day. On their way to the lab's lower levels, Alice encounters one of her clones, which awakens but appears to die from... In her arms. I'm about to read what happened to him, Durf. Uh, She appears to die from shock, the clone, soon after. Alice discovers Isaacs slash Tyrant which I guess is the name of his mutated form. It's probably what he's called in the video game. Defeating him after leading him to the replica of the Hive's laser corridor featured in the film's opening. So yeah, she kills him with the lasers. Just as Alice is about to meet the same fate, the system is deactivated by the clone who is still alive. Later in Tokyo... Oh, and they... they, uh, open up a door and see just row after row of spherical pods filled with Alice clones. All of the Alice clones. Well, at one point, too, in the movie, I think they call one of the, the, the clones. Ah, the clones number 87. So Yeah. Uh, later in Tokyo, Wesker informs his fellow Umbrella executives that the North American facility has been lost. Alice appears during the meeting. They're all actually meeting holographically. So there's a table. One of the people's actually at the table, and the others are just being projected there holographically. So I, obviously Alice found the thing to do that in the New York facility. She appears during the meeting declaring that she and her friends, the other clones, are coming for him. So there you go. That is the story of extinction. Resident Evil extinction. Honeybee, thoughts and feelings? I really love that we had, like, the desert in this like it was all deserty i loved how like all the landscape was how we were like in the caravan we were really going from place to place in this movie 
I really loved it. I I I like this one. I I don't like any of them as much as I like the first one, but just by barely, you know, like they're all still really good. I'm going to say, yeah, four, four pumpkins for me. (laughs) I'm going to give it five again. Before we go, though, I want to talk about her costume. I love how she's got a different costume each time. This one is um, Mad Max post-apocalyptic nonsense that I just love. She is wearing a white tank top with some kind of brown button shirt that's hardly buttoned over top of that a (laughs) tan overcoat trench coat over top of that a light cream dirty cream neckerchief a brownish grayish scarf goggles shorts stockings with garters brown (laughs) stockings that match and may be attached to it's hard to some things i'm seeing look like they're part of the same thing they're the same color as the the brown overshirt uh but they're poking out from under the tops of them go up under her shorts that and they're attached to some sort of garter situation (laughs) and then various holsters with straps over top of that and then brown boots and it is awesome. Yeah. But I just find the choice of the stockings, the garnered stockings. <laughs> I mean, it does very much look like just random shit that I found in the post-apocalyptic landscape. Totally. And I love it. But at least it is symmetrical this time. <laughs> so there you go. We'll be moving into a punk leather fetish phase in the next few movies yeah but this is a very sort of steam steampunky outfit in this one especially with the goggles and she actually wears the goggles they don't just perch on her head or hang around her neck she actually uses them at some point because uh, <laughs> you know she's walking out in the sand and stuff yeah hell yeah so i appreciate that five pumpkins so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna just go ahead and give it five pumpkins Hell yeah. I guess that will wrap it up for today. Join us again tomorrow where we will continue our Resident Evil mini marathon within our larger 31 Days of Horror marathon. Until then, I have been Precious D. And I have been Honey Bee. Remember to keep calm and seek shelter in basements. And please don't misuse science. We will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Yay, we did it. We made it. You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg. Fun Time Go! 